gentlemen, I feel like I'm both overjoyed and lost five to ten years of my life expectancy on Sunday. How you doing? Fellas, how are y'all doing today? Do you read me? Do you hear me? The Cardiac Cowboys, they're back. You thought they'd gone away? You thought that was maybe an old thing? But no, the Cardiac Cowboys, alive and well. Won that game several times. Lost that game several times. Beautiful to see. Well, I'll say I'm like you guys. You guys, I honestly never had any doubt at our inevitable victory. Dude, you I would give you credit ben. for that. I kept you, telling you him. You were like, you were going to win. Group chat being like, we're not losing this game. I was like, God damn, Zach. I wish I had your – see, for me, I'm like, I drink the Kool-Aid six, six, seven days a week, 21 hours on that seventh day. And then for the three hours during the game, I become the biggest pessimist. I'm just – every mistake, I'm just like, we're fucked. God, we suck. I can't believe how shitty this team is. We have talked about that. Me and Andy are always different cycle. I am I am never on the Kool-Aid, and then the second we kick off, I'm like, God, we might be the greatest fucking team to ever put on a jersey. And I'm full hype mode. And then as soon as we're done, the, the adrenaline dry, dies down, and I, 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 I level set again. By the time we come on here, I'm, I'm level set. But if you caught me right after that game, ooh, dude, I was I was juiced, man. And it wasn't just the five Michelob Ultras that I put down. Uh that was <laughs> that was some high level adrenaline. I mean, I could have jumped in front of a car and played chicken. I was I was really feeling it leaving that bar. Dude, it was insane. Let's let's fucking get into this. So this is Boys Will Be Boys. I'm Andy Gatelli. I'm Benjamin T. Walker. Z Love. So we are coming to you. But 48 hours removed from the Dallas Cowboys' first win in Foxborough since 1986. The first ever franchise victory over the Emperor Palpatine of the NFL, Bill Belichick. And, you know, you look at this final score and you say 35-29 in overtime. That must have been a hell of a game. And you'd be right. But... Oh my God, the way we got there. So let me let me tell you boys how I viewed this game. So first of all, I went into Sunday assuming that I wasn't going to get to watch a snap of this game. We were Rough. Tough hanging scene. out with Cassie's family. We're in Chicago right now. I'm live from Chi-Town, Chirac. And we were going over to her uncle and aunt's house. Uh, I've never met them before, so it was kind of like a first impression thing. And we were like, cool, like, you know, we're not going to force these people to sit down and watch the Cowboys. But we get to their crib. And the uncle's like already watching Packers Bears. We kind of just sit down and watch the Packers Bears game, like the entire thing. And so when that ends, I'm like, hey, can you uh, switch it over to CBS real quick? And he's like, sure. I'm like, oh, my God, yes, I'm going to get to watch this game. But obviously when you're in like polite company and people don't know you, you can't be like sitting there screaming at the TV and like throwing shit, like freaking out. So I had to be like super chill the whole game. So we get into this game. As it's winding down, the when we miss the field goal, at that point, when McCarthy decides not to go for it and we kick the field goal that Zerline misses. Awful. I'm, I'm convinced the game is over, and so I'm like, okay, I need a damage control here. If I continue watching this and I just watch us lose, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to have a bad incident. I'm going to make a fool of myself. So I just turn the game off on the TV. But, of course – I got my phone, so I'm like, all right, I'll just sneak a couple looks. Literally right after that is when the pick six happens with Trayvon Diggs. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, I'm freaking out. I go into the backyard. I'm like, 
my phone starts blowing up, getting a thousand text messages. I'm like, yes, we're going to win this game. This is amazing. I can't believe Diggs won this game on a pick six. And the amount of text messages I was, I was getting killed my phone. I didn't have a charger. My phone died. So from that moment on, I had literally no idea what happened in this game until after, until we got in the car. When I asked Cassie, like, what's happening? She's like, they're going into overtime. I was like, what? <laughs> so we're going, and then, I, and then I have to drive home. So it's me driving this minivan through rural <gasps> Illinois back to Chicago. Cassie's in the passenger seat. Her mother and her elderly grandmother are in the back seat. And so, you know, I can't be like looking at my phone and like all this other shit. I have to drive, like, you know, you drive an old lady to the grocery store. So I'm like, every like couple minutes, I'm like, hey, so uh, what's the score? And Cassie doesn't watch football, so she's like, oh, it's still tied. Uh, it's first and 10 on the Dallas 36 or something like that. And I'm like, who has the ball? She's like, I can't really tell. And I'm <laughs> freaking out, dude. Because, you know, I don't – I, like, know half, of the, I know half of what's going on but don't have enough information to, like, process the situation. So as we're getting onto the freeway, she's like, hey, the game's over. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, the Cowboys won. I was like, what? Does it say, like, what? play occurred that won the game she's like i can't tell i just put your phone down i was like <gasps> so we got all the way back to the crib i like sprinted to the elevator go up to the 20th floor or 18th floor where we're staying i get my my laptop and I, luckily i dvr'd the game and so i just like w- turned it to like i fast forwarded to the the digs pick six and six and just watched the replay from there and got to experience it but bizarre emotional feelings about like leaving the game on a, a low note <laughs> no. and then not really understanding didn't get to process it in real time is bizarre I, man. I can't imagine the anxiety that i would have i i hate when i miss cowboy games i once the only one i really remember missing was uh i missed the jets game where sam darnold beat us and i went to the yeah, state fair because I, I was missed, like eh, it's i was like it's the jets we'll kick the their jets. ass i was at and acl then, that day and then, it and sucked, then dude and then somebody also in our group goes, oh, yeah, the Cowboys are playing. I was like, oh, yeah, what's the score? They're like, oh, yeah, it's like 14 nothing Jets. I was like, the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. I, I skipped anyway, that one on purpose. That was was, like, no matter what happens, I'm not going to let So it. I was very determined, my friend, that you had gone radio silent on me. I really thought – because I've seen – for our pod listeners, we have a group chat, the three of us, that we pretty much instantly America's after – team chat. <laughs> instantly after every play, someone will react. And me and Zach were at the same place watching it. And Zach had to leave to go to a dinner, like right after the digs pick. And so he's not really texting. Andy had stopped completely by this point, as he told you. So I'm, I'm alone in the wilderness here. No one's responded to me. And, and Andy's been known to when, when, when the game, when the stakes get too high, he just, he's got to turn off. He's got to leave. So I thought, I was like, man, he turned this off. He can't deal. He can't, he can't process this. Zach wasn't responding. It was the biggest like swing of emotions, those those last like ten minutes. It's it's honestly the since we won, it wound up being the most fun game of the year to me. Like I I Definitely. have not enjoyed a game any more than I've enjoyed that one, as ugly as it was. But God, the, that last like twenty minutes was was just the biggest emotional swings that that a grown human being can have. So I had to listen to it. So I left at the digs pick six. It's like, okay, I really have to get going. I should have left a couple minutes ago, but we're good. The game's over. I got in my car, turned the radio on, immediately hear the announcer somehow Mac Jones just threw a 75-yard touchdown pass. Oh, oh. God. And then they get the uh, 
two-point conversion as well. And we missed our two-point conversion. And for a brief oh, second there, I was like, oh, like one of the only times. There's one other time we'll get to later, but one of the only times like, oh, are we going to lose this game? But then they said, okay, Dak Prescott has the ball, two minutes, 11 seconds left, uh, two timeouts left for the Dallas. And honestly, at that point, I was like, oh, never mind. We got it. Dude, I'll, I'll I, say this about that is that I saw a post on Reddit of a guy that was at Gillette, a Cowboys fan that was at Foxborough, and he he took a selfie and the caption just said, all the Patriots fans are celebrating way too early. They gave Dak too much time. There's still a minute, 15 seconds left. And then obviously in retrospect, it worked out and he did do everything we needed him to. It's crazy that Dak Prescott is now being – that because that's something you say about Brady, about well, Aaron Rodgers. The Cowboys are on the wrong side of that. Yeah, the the famous one of that is, and people still post to this day. Whenever the Packers get down, we saw it again. I mean, I think they they squeezed one out against San Fran this year, where Rodgers had like twenty two seconds to lead a game winning yeah. drive. Too much time. Too much time on the clock. And the famous one is a guy, a Packer fan at Cowboys Stadium. He sm- get this shit grin on when they're losing, and all these Cowboys goes, "They left him too much time." And of course, the Packers won. So. That felt really nice to come full circle and flip that and get one of these wins, especially against this team. But boys, I mean, this was this was this was everything you want in a football game, man. I mean, I know I know we all love the stress free games where we kick ass, but dude, this game to go into to that stadium and I know they're now zero and four at home, but still against that boogeyman over there, dude. That's a, it's a monkey on the their win. back for sure. Like, the Cowboys awesome. never beat the Pats. They certainly never win in Foxborough. They never beat Belichick. And frankly, like, I look at other teams that have gone on crazy runs, and every time one of those teams loses, the the Carolina 15-1 team, the Cowboys 13-3 team, the Patriots 16-0 team, like, whenever they lose at the end, there's always this talk of, like, would it have, been, would it have served them better to have had some character-building moments? of struggle or defeat in their season leading up to that instead of just rolling everybody. Um, And I do think that this is one of those games. I think that despite the fact that most of the Cowboys struggles in this game were mostly like self-inflicted, like watching this game back several times, like we should have crushed this team. This should have been a blowout, frankly. Um, the, The Cowboys won this game truly based on being just gritty and clutch and you need those skills in spades when you get to the playoffs and the Cowboys built some of that in Foxborough on Sunday. So this game had all the uh, old Cowboy classics, you know, stupid oh, yeah. penalties, terrible yeah. referee, red zone troubles, bad turnovers, missed field goals. Dude, mm. it was like a spot on, hits of all spot of our problems. On, dude. But it really time, was like the collector's edition box set of the 21st century Cowboys. Like the, <laughs> the old heads bought this this box set at Target. Like, but we won. We, we won. Um, and yeah, that's all that matters. Uh, I do want to get into it. I think this one we, yeah, we might spend a little bit longer, a little bit longer than we normally would. But I just want to begin before we get anywhere, before we even get to the point with just a fuck Connor Williams moment oh, that's all i gotta that's say gonna be a whole segment bro i want to this... go back to that previous episode where you asked uh <laughs> if we would you know when uh lyle comes back what would i do and i said swap him like uh just rotate him just cut yeah. that just replace with me screaming fuck connor williams for 10 minutes just, there you go just upload you. that version of it Dude, 
Bro, you I, yeah, fire I, him into the sun. I would love he to stinks. have Govern in at LG for the mini game when Lael's back. Put Steele at left guard and see if he can play it. You have other good linemen. You do. You're you're blessed somehow with a wealth of offensive line talent. People, I know the coaching staff really likes Connor Williams and whatever. This guy did. I said this up to the I've never seen a non quarterback do more to personally lose a football game than Connor Williams did on Sunday. It is the most I've ever seen someone personally contribute to a loss ever, and except for like a QB throwing five picks or something. Was it worse than the Chaz Green game? Because I will say Chaz Green might have single-handedly lost us the Atlanta game. But that I mean, was a little on Jason Garrett. <laughs> but see, Chaz Green, that's just like one – I yes, it, it certainly – I think if we had lost this game, I would have called this the Connor Williams game. I really do think I would have. Because yeah. it's, it's in a similar category where like – dude, I mean, you got three holding penalties in the fourth quarter. You got – Five penalties in this at the game. End of the year. They better not, not resign him. To tie he, is the game. The, he is leading the entire and NFL in penalties. Not only did he kick us out of field goal range, he also <laughs> added a good 15-yarder on top of the holding call that he got to really screw us over, which was also poorly explained by CBS and confused the entire bar and the entire Cowboys world where it said second and 25, but it was actually third and 25. And it could have been second and 35 if Belichick had accepted, I guess, because it was a stackable penalty unlike whatever dipshit they brought on CBS to explain that. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I, I just wanted to begin it with that. We, I don't want to, I don't want to spend too, too much long in the we'll game going highlights. on it, but he's just, yeah. he sucked, man. He's just, he just sucks. So, so let's get into this. So the Cowboys do start with the ball in this game. Um, they get the ball and this would become, I think this drive like really highlights like so many things about this game that were infuriating. It has a bunch of those greatest hits that, that Zach talked about. So right from the jump, you on, on the first play, you have an illegal double team block by sprinkle. So you already have like a kind of a penalty. You never hear called, called by this referee team. You're like, fuck. So the Cowboys begin driving down the field, but they really only get about 20 yards. One, because we get an offensive hold on Tyron, which let me say right now, some of these penalties on Tyron were fucking crazy. Like, not I, I'm not saying the Cowboys deserve no penalties, but some of this, the refereeing in this game, and we'll get to the big one later. I sure, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, but like Tyron got this hands to the face call because the dude was just I was going to say this one I didn't agree. His arms out, he goes into his neck. I was like, get out of here, dude. I didn't agree with hands to face, but it, that one did look like a pretty bad hold. He had him like Yeah, no, I'm, arm yeah, I'm I didn't agree with this one. To, like, you said Tyra yeah. the benefit. So, we get a penalty dude, you on know, this. real quick and I Sorry, real quick. We we have a little bit of delay for the listeners. Apologies. We and me, we and the crew are, are spread out tonight, so so bear with us, but uh, do you want to guess Connor Williams is a player grade right now on PFF? Dude, I'm sure PFF gave him like a fucking 90. I'm going to hope zero. So he, he has he has nine penalties this season, but his overall grade is a 75.6, which is pretty much like 
probably in the top 20%. I don't pay for PFF's full thing, but I don't understand that at all. I just don't. They must not factor penalties into their formula. Like, that's got to be it. Because you cannot be, like, cr- like crucial holding calls that kill drives in the fourth quarter in overtime and be like, yeah, dude, but in the fr- in the second quarter, when they were running the clock out, he blocked good. So that that's square. Like, no, dude. He has, Ugh. He has nine penalties in six games. That's atrocious. That's worse than Flozo is, Adams used to have for us. He's the digs like what digs is to interceptions. Connor Williams is to holding penalties. He's the he's the fucking player of the year for the holding lobby. So yeah, so the Cowboys do get uh to their own 34 and come up with a fourth and one. And McCarthy in this instance uh, donning his weird in his weird schizophrenic bipolar self, he goes from like the most aggressive human to like the most conservative. But in this instance, he went aggressive, called a Zeke run. Zeke got stopped short. The Cowboys challenged it, and the ruling was confirmed. And Dallas turned the ball over on their own 34 yard line. Uh, the Patriots pretty much needed almost no time after this. I think they threw like one pass for nine yards in a 34 yard drive. Otherwise it was all running. They ran it right up the gut with Damian Harris and they scored a touchdown. And so, I mean, five minutes into this game, hey, you're so down seven to zero. Fourth and one, on this fourth and one, I wanted to, to open it up to you guys. Um, first, I love that they went to, uh, I saw at the Dallas, season is second bounds on basically there's an analytics chart on should they go for it or not and Dallas has makes the second most right attempts of going for it when they should yet they're like 20th on win percentage points lost on times when they they don't go so essentially go for right but times when they choose not to they lose so many points by kicking and punting which I think kind of the end of this game when they went for it. Yeah. Is what puzzle. They're going like, to go for fourth like, and one. Like in I said, like 30. I like to see you go and win it later, but. Agreed. Yeah. I think that's like, like I was trying to highlight earlier. I feel like McCarthy has sometimes makes really great aggressive calls that I really like. And then other times he chooses crazy, like suicidally conservative points to not go for it. And you're, it is very confusing, dude. It is very confusing. I'm just going to say, I mean, I like that he went far on this one personally just because Agreed. off the previous games we've had, one yard, you got Zeke, you got Pollard. Like, who would not think that Zeke would generally I, get I one agree. yard in this I wish game? they would have done something a little bit more, I don't know, not creative, but, like, they ran right at Matt Judon on this play. It almost seemed like they were going for to, like, try to make a statement. Um on your own 34, I feel like maybe you just need to do the most efficient way to make that one yard. But again, like I'm not in charge. So um, so fourth so, and one, uh, and sorry, I'm a bit of a delay, guys. My connection sucks ass. I apologize. Um, fourth and one, I saw some heard some stat on the radio today that NFL teams are getting it at like a 70% clip right now. And fourth and two yeah. teams are converting at like a sixty-two percent clip right now. So I'm, I'm, and Dallas has to be one of the better offenses in the NFL by far. So I'm, I'm almost always in favor of them going for fourth and one and fourth and two. So the fact that they didn't get this one, I know there are some 
quibble among the fan base. Why would you go for that that early? But uh, I think the three of us are in agreement that that we liked we liked them going for it ultimately. Yeah, as an as a concept of just like go for it or not go for it. I absolutely like go for it. Um, maybe the execution could have been done a little better, but I like that decision. Um, it did kind of bite you and put you on your back foot because the Patriots are now up seven zero. But overall, this point in the game, I liked it. Um, the Cowboys did get the ball back after the Patriots scored. Uh, and Dallas at this point, let's Prescott just go to work. Um, they're just pretty much breaking off 10 plus yard passes immediately. Uh, Prescott hits a really nice one to Cooper for 17 yards, uh, at the Patriots 44. Uh, and you end up after a, another deep ball to Schultz on second and seven from the Patriots 24 yard line, you get down to first and goal at the one and they run a really sweet fake, uh, Dak basically just shoulder fakes the shit out of a, a the state of the linebacker just drops it right over his head uh, to Schultz for a one yard to earth to Jarwin for a one yard touchdown. Um, that looked really sharp at points in this game. Um, I, I, I can't say enough about how I, I mean, we'll get to the, the, you know, star love goat of the game, but Dak Prescott really showed out this game. And this is one of his cleaner drives where he just, picked apart the Patriots defense uh, with almost zero trouble. We did not get to third down on this entire drive. Um, they went from the Dallas 25 to a touchdown in about four minutes. It was incredibly efficient. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. I, th- I mean, it was what you'd expect th- at this point. I think anyone here at this moment thought this game was going to turn to what it did. We all just Agreed. thought, okay, we gave them a touchdown. Who cares? We've seen that the last couple of weeks, right? Like the Eagles game, the Giants game, like. Well, yeah, and, and we have so much more talent than this team does that I it felt it felt like it was going to be easy. In fact, I mean, in this 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 first half was really frustrating in the fact that I think we had four straight drives get deep into New England territory, and we came away with ten points on those four drives. Um, so that that's ultimately what what kind of kept this game from really getting away from new England. You know, there's a lot of talk, uh, that this was really anyone's game, but it really felt like this time Dallas had a chance to, to put this one out of reach early and just couldn't do it. But we moved the ball all day long on this team. I mean, we, we out snapped them in the first half by a, a shit ton. I mean, we controlled the ball all oh, game. Dude, at, at one point Dak had completed 21 passes and Mac Jones had five pass attempts at that point in the game. Like, and even so, I, I love this article that Blogging the Boys does. Uh, they don't do it after every win, but they do it after quite a few wins. It's called Trolling the Nation. And they basically go through like Reddit threads and chat and all these other locations. And they just pull time stamped uh, comments from other fan bases about what's happening in the game. So you basically get to read uh, other fan bases' reactions to what's happening at different moments in the game. And it's uh, like lined up and aligned with the play chart. So you can see, like, okay. Dak throws this touchdown and then you get to read comments that occurred right after that occurred. So, um, but if you, uh, when I was reading uh, this week's uh, on this one, a bunch of Pats fans were basically just like, the Cowboys are absolutely killing us everywhere but the scoreboard. Like if they get their act together, they're going to blow us out. But so far they've just shot themselves in the foot. And I think that's a really like accurate interpretation of what happened. The rest of this half is 
kind of an unmitigated disaster. Not completely the Cowboys' fault, but dude, it was so frustrating. So uh, the Pats, uh, right after this, they answer immediately with a touchdown. One because of a another dumb penalty. Trayvon Diggs takes a swipe at uh, one of the New England okay. receivers. I think I missed this. I missed this. So I got to ask Andy, and I know Zach, you didn't see it. Live when I think you I was watching. looking at my phone at the time. I was I listening did not to the, see it at all. I was listening to the radio and Brad Sham and those guys uh doing play by play made it sound like Diggs was very lucky to not get <laughs> ejected. It it wasn't a punch. It was a like I the word I've seen that seem just feels correct is a swipe, like a basically like a shove towards the helmet of an opposing player. They were jawing at each other um, right after the play. It was it was kind of mutual, but Diggs did like make the move that you would throw a flag for. Um, it was really stupid, and he cannot let it get there. Like one of the good things about Diggs is that he is so like cool, calm, and collected. Although we have seen that he is a little bit more fiery on the field than he is off of it. Um, yeah, he can't let this happen because yeah, I think we all agree that there's there's times when I like. I like my guys to to. I don't mind the taunt or the roughing call or the getting into a guy's face. Like I loved when uh, Casey threw down Tony late after the play. I love playing a little after the whistle. I'm all for that. But dog, especially Diggs. Like if Jordan Lewis does this, I'm probably not getting as pissed. But Diggs, we need you, dog. You can't be out here. <laughs> yeah, you can't be out here getting 15 yarders or putting yourself in jeopardy. Um, I mean, you're be a be a dog until the whistle, man. Be a dog yeah. until the whistle. So, unfortunately, yeah, this this basically looks just like a yet another drive aided by penalty where they get down to the 20-yard line of Dallas and they throw um, – this was the first of two plays where in this game where Casey took a really bad angle. So, in both plays, this and a later touchdown, um, what you have is man coverage with a safety help over the top. In both cases, it's uh, Demontre Casey. Um, Hunter Henry slipped. Uh, is the the play call the defensive scheme calls for the corner to push the receiver inside, use use inside leverage, and for Demontre Casey to come down and either make it a bang bang play where the receiver gets popped as soon as he touches the ball, or for Demontre Casey. And he could have picked this ball too. And again, he took a really bad angle and kind of had to realign himself to get to Hunter Henry and Hunter Henry manages to catch this touchdown uh, 20 yards. Casey seemed off a little bit this game and it bit us huge later. In this game. I saw um, Bob Stern breaking down the all 22s on, on Twitter. Um, and he reviewed, you know, this play and he said, and the, the one that, that we'll talk about later, the, the long touchdown. And he ultimately said it's either – he attributes either to he doesn't want to get a flag because he earlier this year got a 15-yarder for popping a guy on a similar play, or he's aggressively playing the pick, or he's protecting his body and he doesn't want to take the hit. So whichever of the three, they need to uh, – I, I, I have faith that DQ will – Tell well, him to clean that up or Casey, replace uh, it. That may not that, that may not be an issue uh, <laughs> for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know if we want to get too deep into this now, but Demonte Casey did get a DWI today. Yes, yeah, um, he got arrested driving through a Dallas suburb today. Uh, I don't know if that's a because you can get a DWI for weed uh, in Texas. So I don't know if that's a 
marijuana related charge, an alcohol related charge. Either way, my guess is he's not going to be, uh, you know, especially with a, a, a position that has been played pretty well by several different guys. Like, I don't think you're going to see a dramatic change in performance based on Curse or Hooker. Uh, or even Donovan Wilson stepping into that spot. Um, so, so uh, real yeah. briefly on I'm, this, uh, I somehow over. completely missed that news. This is the first I'm hearing of that. It, oh, it, yeah. it oh, just so. it just happened this afternoon. So, oh, okay. so Casey, well, wow. uh, here's the brief. Casey was pulled over for a traffic violation shortly at 3 a.m. Uh, a spokesperson for the police said the officer reported noticing physical signs Casey had been drinking, and Casey told the officer he had consumed alcohol. Casey then failed a sobriety test and was detained. Class B misdemeanor. This is what happens when you fuck up a big play for the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones lifts his dark magical legal protection over you in the DFW Metroplex, and the, the cops get to you quick dogging to 36 hours for the Dallas cops to arrest this guy after he made a big mistake. Oh god, man. Yeah, that's that's I don't know what the NFL suspension is, but I think it's like three games minimum. He, he, he might be out for a month with the bye. So yeah. yeah. Not good. So yeah. Casey basically takes a poor angle here. He gives him a touchdown. It's now 14 to 7. Um Dallas gets the ball back. Uh, you got uh, – so you, you're now uh, at the tail end of the first quarter. And, again, you this looks like another drive where the Cowboys are going to walk down the field and score. So uh, first play from scrimmage, Pollard goes 13 yards. Second play, so now first and 10 at the Dallas 38. Pollard gets a five-yard run. But, oh, what's this? Connor Williams, offensive holding, 10 yards. This was the first of Connor Williams' record-setting day of holding <laughs> penalties. Um, and I, you know what? On, on one hand, it's like, dude, I'll get it. Like, keeping if it's if it's like Dak's going to get blasted like Mac Jones did a couple times in this game by Randy Gregory, and the difference between that and getting a holding penalty is a holding penalty, I'm okay with you holding. But if you're getting beat like that this often, we have a real – serious situation at that and teams are going to cue in on it dude like when you go up against aaron donald like they're gonna yeah so we get a penalty here first and 20 um dak then does a little short pass to pollard for six yards uh we get to third and 14 uh and dak throws one to cedric wilson who gets a 13 yard completion here uh then they give it to Zeke. He goes around the outside for a three-yard gain. So the Cowboys have first and 10 again at the 50. They've gotten out of this uh, holding situation. So then Dak throws a deep screamer to Central Wilson, 44 yards. We would be on the Patriots six. But they give Tyron Ty Smith an illegal use of hands to the face. This is a bullshit penalty. Tyron <laughs> doesn't touch this guy's face. The dude is shorter than Tyron. Tyron goes up to block him. The dude's hands come up and push Tyron's hands up off his chest onto his neck, and they flag Tyron immediately. I don't know what Tyron was supposed to do here other than let the guy beat him. Um, so we get flagged again here, which this was the first of the calls where I was just like, okay, the, the, these refs are really out here to fuck us. Um, but on the next play, Dak just unflappable as always for first and 20. Hits Noah Brown for 20 yards. And uh, – before long, that's the end of the first quarter. Eventually, we are uh, third and nine at the New England 16-yard line. 
Uh, Dak tries to throw a ball. Uh, frankly, I think this was mostly on Dak. This is a bad throw. Uh, if yeah. he needs Wilson I, a little bit more, I think this could have been a touchdown. Yeah, and it's just – it's not in the right place. It's a little bit behind where it needs to be. Dak does do a really good job throwing balls into really tight windows 99% of the time. This is the other 1%. Um, and, unfortunately, this one was picked off. So, hey, again, look, we, another, we another all... drive that goes like 70-something, like 59 yards and results in a turnover. Yeah, we all love Dak, but as Zach said, I think we're all in agreement. That was that was on him. That was a bad either ball placement or just decision in general. I mean, that was a tight – it was third and nine. I get he's trying to make the play, but it is what it is. You throw 51 times, you're probably going to throw a pick, honestly. That's just mm -hmm. – I think if numbers, you give Dak so. this throw 10 times, I think eight of these are touchdowns, and this unfortunately was one of the other two. I didn't rewatch it too often, but yeah, it was it was not his best throw for sure. So no, no. Um, we do get lucky here though, goat, because the next drive, um, you know, they're they're making a little bit of progress. Um, two big plays happen here. They get all the way to our twenty-five after this, and they throw a touchdown that gets negated due to a hold. This easily could have been twenty-one-seven. A, a hold on who, Ben? Who did they hold? Um, I legit didn't see. I just saw that they got a hold. Um, if it was well, your boy, then it was boy, your boy. Randy Gregory was about to fuck Mac Jones' world up, and they held him because they couldn't stop the Randy train. And so Randy I, saves the touchdown. I was and then reserving, what happens on the next play? I was gonna say I was reserving the praise for this particular play, but this sack was this sack was pretty fucking gnarly. I don't, I yeah. you won't you won't see this across the entire NFL. You know, it's one thing to beat your lineman and hit the quarterback. Randy straight, like. Beeline for the quarterback, full-on truck stick, legal, hard hit. I mean, flat fucking pancakes, Mac Jones. It's like uh, something you see in a wrestling match. Yeah. I mean, dude, that was gnarly. That was that one I was like, oh, shit. He fired off the line, and he absolutely Beautiful smashed Mac moves. Jones. Yeah, he, um, swim moves this, he swim moves his tackle. The guy offers nearly – it doesn't even slow Randy down. Randy got to Mac Jones in 2.15 seconds. It was an insane speed move. Randy is – when Randy came out of Nebraska, he was really long and really fast and really flexible, but he was kind of smaller, and so he did get washed out by some of the larger, more physical tackles. And now Randy has really put on some size, and he can go after you with power, which we saw against, like, the camera rings. We saw it in the Giants game. We saw it in the Eagles game. And then he still has this kind of speed. He's coming off this end. He swim moves this guy so hard it's like he's not there. And he blows Mac Jones up. I mean, Mac Jones looked like I was almost surprised that he was going to like continue to play. He was a little wobbly. He coughs up the ball, uh, and Golston gets uh, you know picks this right off the turf. Uh, this was awesome, dude. This was the first of a of of a couple really amazing Randy Gregory plays back to back, dude. Like he pulls the hole, he draws the hold that would have otherwise been a touchdown, and then he ends the Patriots' drive. I mean, this this drive right here, man, this is Randy Gregory. This is what he can give you when he's in his peak form. Yeah, look, he he. I've been the critical one on this podcast of him because I think people have largely dreamt about his ceiling as opposed to him ever living in what I felt like people were giving him. But the last like the last month of the season is is like prime DN stuff. Like that is the, the type of shit people have been hyping on him for, for years that that's what I'm seeing. So I'll give the boys credit. He absolutely, um, he absolutely balled in this game. I mean, he's probably the best defender 
on the field for us. I mean, this was a game, honestly, where Micah was was largely invisible. I don't really re- remember seeing Micah him said himself that he had a bad game. The one time I really noticed Micah was when he got the horse collar tackle penalty, which Ooh, was, was bad. really fucking yeah. Like, it sucked. Um, yeah. So, the, Randy, I, I agree. I was Sorry, super real quick. Randy came out. I'll say no, Go I ahead, agree. Zach, Randy was the best player on our defense. And I'll considered him doing this wound up with us winning the game. Yeah, if I mean, he hadn't done that, I mean, yeah. they would have scored. Yeah, twenty-one seven is hard to come back from, man. I don't care who you are. Oh yeah, you look at you look at Randy Gregory over the last four weeks of the season. He it's he was on COVID. Awesome. He was on COVID for the first couple games. He when he came back from COVID, it took like a little bit of time to like ramp back up. But dude, we've seen games. Two games where he's had multiple sacks. The other games where he didn't have multiple sacks, he's getting like eight, nine quarterback pressures, multiple quarterback hits, multiple quarterback hurries. Um, In the Giants game, he never managed to get to Daniel Jones or Glennon, but if you watch the all-22 footage, they're literally running plays where they're just like dumping it out to running backs and taking negative yardage in order to avoid – because Randy Gregory is literally just blasting Glennon and Jones from the jump. I, he is playing absolute peak of his football right now. I cannot wait to see what happens when Tank and him are back because I don't know what you do unless you got two elite tackles that can handle a guy like that on their own. You're going to have to pick your poison. Either you're going to put your help, your tight end, your running back chip, whatever, over on the side with Randy or on the side with Tank, and then you're still going to have to deal with Micah. You're still going to have to deal with Osa. Um Gallimore is going to be in there eventually. I, I'm so stoked for what this team's going to look like when it is as its Man, full complement of weapons on the D line. As I said, I, I do rag on him. I and, and we've 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 talked about PFF a lot on this pod. Just an interesting tool, whether we agree with it or not. I certainly don't agree with it, Connor Williams. Your boy Randy is at 89.6 this season on PFF, which is. It's not bad. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's got to be. I'm, top I'm 10. stoked for the guy, and and beyond the football field, like I'm stoked for him as a human being because I know that the constant cycle of like potential, and then kind of you know not living up to it and getting in trouble and getting suspended, and then okay next year that et cetera et cetera, um, going through that for years and kind of being labeled as a, a eternal fuck up. That's got to be really tough on someone who already deals with like anxiety and depression and substance abuse. Um, I'm just so happy for him that he's kind of like putting it all together and contributing to what could be a championship team. Well said, well said. And, uh, you know, he early in the year, you know, like I said, I've, I've been very critical of him and Dallas just holding on to, to what it felt like a pipe dream to me with him. But everyone in the building said like, Hey man, if you know this guy, like they love this kid, they want to stick with him. And mostly it was weed, which me and you always said is, I mean, who gives a fuck if he was smoking a lot of weed? Yeah, if honest. he was smoking so. crack, I'd feel worse, but like I don't, <laughs> and he's not. So, so, but anyway, he he, I just to to put a bow on 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 him real quick was, uh, you know, he said he's practicing uh, self love, like loving himself. He said for a long time he really didn't love himself, and so I think that's just you know you, you root for anybody who's uh got that healthy mindset, and he just seems like on the like talking cowboys behind the scenes stuff that the sounds of the sideline, he seems. And you never know what 10 seconds of behind-the-scenes coverage really means for anyone, but he seems like he's in a, a good place mentally, and I'm I'm hopeful at this point that they do re-sign him, and I'm hopeful that, you know, it's uh, – I think he likes being in Dallas. He's comfortable where he's at, so I, I think there's a good shot that happens. But 
Agreed. Agreed. So, un- so he does get the sack fumble. Cowboys do get the ball. Unfortunately, this is another one, man. So the Cowboys get the ball at their own 48. Um, they pretty much just like Dak and Zeke their way down the field. They're looking really good. They get to the New England 12-yard line, uh, and they – is this the – False start the, on steal. Get the yeah. false start on steal, but then is this the one where Dak throws the pass to Cedric Wilson that they even on the screen it came up as touchdown, and they were like, oh, he caught a touchdown, and then it like popped out, and they're like, oh, never mind, he didn't catch it. Yeah, so yeah, the so third and 11. So the interception that Dak threw earlier was – him missing his ball placement. This one, he put it literally the only spot you could throw into the opposite side of the field, an absolute dime. And this one, I mean, uh, a couple couple weeks ago, I said Cedric had the best hands on the team. Um, he still might. And, this hey, was a bad he, one. Later in the game, he has one where I am. It was an amazing catch that literally saved the game. So True. Yeah, I no, love Cedric he, to death. But yeah, this was one he should have had. And this is one where you're like, this was a moment where I was like, I'm kind of looking forward to Gallup coming back. <laughs> yeah. We were all just like, man, if fucking Gallup was in, Gallup would have made that. Yeah, yeah, of course. So but, the Cowboys only get three points off this turnover, which sucks. Um, fortunately, again, for them, the next uh, possession for the, the Patriots was another one where D and special teams come up huge. Um, the Patriots get the ball with two minutes and 11 seconds to go in the half. Uh, they try to kind of move their way down the field, but they really can't move the ball. Uh, they move, they get a total of nine yards on three plays and on fourth and one, they go for the punt and Luke Gifford manages to get skinny, shoot the gap and block this punt totally clean. I mean, I, ever since our debacle with the blocked punt attempt to block a punt penalty earlier in the year, I've been like, Hey, John Fossil, just have these guys like do their thing. Dude, you know what I mean? Like, John do not Fossil's, try to do anything. John Fossil's fancy. wild, dude. That guy's. Yeah. I, I told Zach he reminds me of like a like a like a swashbuckler. He's like a pirate he's a captain. Job. Like he's fucking insane. He gave him, when he you gave him this. He, there's this scene in Hard Knocks where he got the entire special teams unit together and gave him this whole weird dramatic speech about how uh, you shouldn't view running as punishment. You should view running as a reward. Like you get to run. And I could tell even through the screen that all the guys on the field were like, well, I mean, what the fuck, dude? Like, I mean, we're going to do it, but, like, this is real weird. And he was so into it. Like, he's a very aggressive, eccentric guy. He also gave a very graphic description of a vasectomy to the entire special teams unit. So, strange guy, to say the least. But good props to him on this. They get a nasty blocked punt. Andy, Zach, when was the last time the Cowboys had a blocked punt? Before I know who it was. I can't remember when it was. I know it was. I know it was Danny McRae against the Eagles. It was close. It was 2016. But yes, five years since this unit has blocked a punt. Um, that right, though, was it Danny McRae against the Eagles? That's the last one I remember. I did not dig that deep, but you're probably right. Let me let me look. Cowboys blocked punts. Um, while you're looking that up, I'll go ahead and move it a little forward. We uh. We do get the ball at their 17, and Andy, this was quite possibly the peak of frustration for all Cowboys fans, this drive. Um, Dallas gets a third and seven um, at the 14. They do convert to Cedric. They get 13 yards. Cedric gets down to the one, nearly scores. So we have first and goal from the one. Uh, They run Zeke. He gets stuffed. Okay. Second and goal from the one. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) 
<laughs> Glad someone said it, brother. Um, second to go from the run. They run Zeke again with McGovern at fullback again. They get stuffed. So third and goal from the one. They're literally like a, a nose away. Um, I don't even know why we try and sneak anymore because we sneak. It clearly looks like Dak's in by the time the refs get there. And I don't well, know how they can spot okay. this ball short. Here, here's what's so nuts about this. So they do not make a call initially. Yeah, they, they wait to see, see him. So they pull all the bodies off the pile, and Dak is laying with his Across dick on the goal, goal line. line. Yeah. <laughs> his entire upper torso is on the goal line. So the only way this isn't a touchdown is if Dak has the ball like between his knees or between his feet. They pull him up, take the ball, put it on the six inch line. And they didn't even blow a whistle that the play was dead like they did a couple weeks ago. There is no it like was end of momentum. It was bizarre. It's the second time that we have had a quarterback sneak touchdown just straight up stolen from us. Just no no real controversy to it. Just like now, I'll say this. We should have immediately challenged this instead of running another play. So, I don't know why we, we didn't do that. So quick so to the line, though. We, we yeah. could not because it was inside the two-minute warning. So wow. okay, fuck. Now it okay. makes sense. Okay. Um, so, I yeah, thought that go, originally, too. But, yeah, they, they go right back. They decide they're going to immediately like kind of get some tempo. They call another sneak. Dak decides to do the sort of reach this one over the top. Stick the ball out, and as he's sticking the ball out, it's a great play. It gets, it gets punched. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, it was really a good play. Beautiful play by Bentley. Like you can't be upset about that. No, no. Really upset. I mean, no. I, oh, 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 Zach. Oh. I was, I was very upset oh. by it. Don't get me wrong. I was wrong. upset yeah. Dak over what he did. Yeah, he oh, had yeah, no, no choice because he knows that if he is not having that ball extremely visible to everyone they're not going to give it to him he I had to dive over the top and show yeah. them the ball do you have any i think we all agreed he didn't cross on this one this one was pretty evident it was a good play do you have do you guys have any problem with the, the four play calls zeke zeke sneak sneak i wish they <sighs> gave him a pass Honestly, I don't think honestly, I do. I, I don't think I do. Honestly. I really don't. Because like every time I because you can sit there in hindsight and be like, oh, you know, we should have drawn up something else. But then I'm just like, dude, you have Zeke. You have this line who's playing so well. You have McGovern in there at fullback, which has worked all year. If you if you run this play 50 times, I'm guaranteeing you that 40 plus of them are getting in like I I okay, to, and here's the other thing. They did get in. Too. They did yeah. in fact get in. So like, <laughs> it was effective. One like twenty five percent of their attempts did score touchdowns in this instance, which is fine. Like, oh, dude. I'm I will still also so say this. I'll, I'll live. And we said this earlier when they got when they get cute on like a fourth and one and it doesn't work. I'll live with giving the ball to Zeke or Dak and getting stuff. If it's just yep. hey, our guys going against your guys and you beat us, I'll live with that over like trying a little cute pitch play or some sort of fucking Jason Garrett screen, running, yeah. doing the little naked bootleg Daniel Jones die on the one yard line thing. Yeah. Just give me, yeah. the, give me the sneak. Agreed. And and Agreed. I love that they went for it. I think you're, you're you'd be gutless to kick a field goal there on fourth. Oh, and God, no. <laughs> so the Cowboys uh, should be up at this point, 17, 14 at the half, but they go into the half uh, down 14, 10. Uh, and at this point, like, Everyone, I think most people kind of assume that, like, okay, here comes that third quarter. That hey, are you gonna talk about Mac Jones kneeling? Yeah, I'm gonna say this really gutless with three timeouts of oh, Belichick yes. to kneel that out. I okay, let me let me say this. I saw oh, the Patriots Mac Jones was seven started, of seven. 
I, I started reading the Patriots subreddit and looking at the game thread during this period. Someone brought up a really interesting stat, which is that so there's a advanced next gen stat called the aggressiveness index, um, yeah. where a one is league average, and anything above one means you are being like more aggressive. And they charted Belichick every single play call of Belichick's career. Um, up until 2010, Belichick was like a 1.7, like one of the most aggressive coaches in history, like always going for it. And since 2010, he has slowly eroded into what he is now, which is he is one of the most conservative play callers in the National Football League. Like Belichick's brand and like legend is kind of this like facts don't care about your feelings. Like the numbers don't care about what your eye test says. Like we go with what the analytics say, not what the, you know what I mean? And instead they've kind of reverted to this, like, well, the book, the old ball coach book says you you deal it out here. You know what I mean? And so like, that's what they did here. They, they got what I would say is suicidally safe and decided to literally wheel out a minute and a half of game time, which is crazy. I mean, in the NFL, you can't – that's a blown possession. I'm not talking like 40 seconds. All right, maybe even with three timeouts, rookie quarterback, you have a lead. But 90 seconds, that's a that's a drive in the NFL, especially because well, like, they're two scores. You, lives were the under thing. a minute. If, under the, if the Patriots plays. had tried to run a, a plays during this, like offensive plays, and the Cowboys had stopped them, people would have said that, that – w- you would have considered that a really positive result for the Cowboys, like a real – great moment for them you know defensively that they were able to stop this the patriots just did that for them which is bizarre yeah it's not like you had eight seconds left and you said hey we'll just do this with again with better field position like they fully just did the cowboys job for them without them having to take any hits it was I also, really really crazy i also appreciate mccarthy's petty timeout with like five seconds <laughs> to make them take the I third deal just, just, I don't know why. I guess because the only thing they could do was fuck it up. But that was that was a real funny uh, decision. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. McCarthy and Kellen were definitely doing a lot of smoke and mirrors, Belichickian shit during the whole week. All the uh, injury report games. Yeah, all the, man. All well, that, hey, dude. And all that aggressive index, by the way, McCarthy has never. I saw something else. Uh, never been outside the top ten in any year. I don't, I don't hate that, although we'll get to a moment in, in the end of this game where he uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he gave himself a real 0.0 so, score for that moment. I'm going to – second half begins. I'm going to fast forward a little. It goes three and out them, three and out us, three and out them, and uh, then we take the ball back, Mr. Gatelli, and you can walk us through. Yeah, so this is uh, nine, not, about nine minutes to go, just over nine minutes to go in the third quarter. Uh, Dallas gets the ball on our own nine-yard line. Um, So on the very first play, Zeke goes for 14 yards. And they penalize Zach Martin for being an ineligible downfield receiver. I am not an NFL referee, nor a coach, nor a player. Zach Martin is really good at football. I have a hard time believing he made this mistake. Was this an RPO or a screen? I do think this this was a, a screen. Uh, and they, I think easy, yeah. when, when I saw it broken down, they said that Zach was literally like what they would say is it kind of in the limbo zone. He's like a foot off of where you need to be. And it's a call that maybe referees would make 5% of the time. Um, this is just that weird thing. So Belichick is definitely known for 
what they, I mean, people have used the term grooming referees where, so like every week NFL coaches get to send tape to the referees for their upcoming game about what the other team does being like, Hey, watch for this, watch for this. Belichick for his entire career has sent an average of five times more film to referee crews than any other coach in the NFL. And he reinforces that on the sidelines during games by being like, Hey Jeff, remember I showed you this? Remember? Like, so he's effectively like, you know, psychologically reinforcing the points that he already made by sending in the film. I think this is one of those moments where he basically identified that Zach during, during this play, anticipating where the ball goes is in kind of a gray zone and could technically be called for it and use that to his advantage to make sure this got called. Um, but very shitty. Uh, and so again, the Cowboys at this point are up to like 10 penalties for a hundred yards or something sloppy, sloppy. So some bullshit, but still sloppy. Agreed. So now we're, uh, first and 14 at the Dallas five, uh, Fortunately, they pretty much run the exact same play to Zeke, and he goes for 18 yards. So, Dude, we drove Belichick. way down the field on this one. This yeah. was a long-ass drive. So, it just turns into uh, Elliott and Pollard and then Dak every once in a while doing his thing. He hits a beautiful pass to Noah Brown for 27 yards. Uh, Schultz gets involved. Eventually, they get down. Uh, it's first and 10 at the New England 16. Uh, Dak tries to throw to CD lamb and there is a pass interference penalty on, uh, Jackson on new England. This is a pretty weak call. I was going to say, I know Patriot fans weren't in love with this one either. No, it's not a great call. Uh, but again, I, I, whenever we get into these discussions, we're like (laughs) the other team. I'm always, if it hadn't happened in a game where the same referee crew literally stole a touchdown from Dak, like minutes before I'd have more sympathy, but I have none. Because it's like, this didn't take seven points off the board for you. So, sorry. So, yeah, first and goal with the New England one. Uh, they just, Zach just throws a beautiful drop in the bucket to C.D. Lamb. It was like one of those phone booth passes where you just right down the pipe. Um, I'm glad they fucking and, threw because it was first and goal from the one. And um, Yeah. Anyway, beautiful it was nice to, to, nice to see. From last possession. Like, you know, we had these short yard plays. Overall in the game, I just wish they gave more of those to Dak. Yeah. I thought we had won this by then, to be honest. At this point, I yeah. agree. Because their offense, I just didn't think. And after this, they, they I remember punt you after five. Us, you, were like, you were like, if we score a touchdown here, it's over. Their offense is done. Yeah, their offense wasn't doing shit. And even on the next drive, they go... They do get one first down, and then, you know, on third and four, another incompletion, and it goes, I think it might have been a drop, but still. Fourth and four, and they punt again. So three straight punts to begin, and Dallas so takes this, the ball back, on, and we on this punt, On this punt, uh, Cedric Wilson bobbles this punt. but Yeah, I missed this. To, That's right. Zach he, told me about this. Oh, he bobbles this punt, but he jumps back on it. So props to Cedric. Uh, he he erased his own mistake here, but this was really close to being a fuck up. It would have been this his second horrifying. major fuck up. Yeah, yeah, it was scary as fuck. Second. Dude, did you so hear how uh, real quick how 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 Fossil has those guys determine who's going to return a punt? No, I'm not. It's literally he lets Cedric and CD decide, and they'll just look at each other before a play and be like, "Yeah, I got this one. You got that one. All right, I got this one." So okay, just... that doesn't seem like the best system, but okay, John, you fucking weirdo. No, that's what I mean. It's He literally just says, one of you two take it, you two decide. And so one of them will just kind of let the other one 
sometimes they switch sometimes one of them wants it it's 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 fucking wild but that is fucking crazy so dallas gets the ball back at their own 12 uh on second down dak throws a pass to cd for 13 yards this is cd's last catch of the third quarter and at this point cd has i think like three catches for 30 yards in this game he has a touchdown he's the one yard touchdown but he's kind of just been, you know, kind of a non-factor as we go into the fourth quarter. Well, and it's kind of been the receivers for a minute, right? It's kind of been the the Pollard Zeke Schultz show for three weeks. Yeah, and, and it's not the receivers aren't doing anything because Dak's throwing for a ton of yardage, but they, it's spread out pretty evenly. Like yeah. Cedric and Jarwin and Schultz and Amari and CD all get eighty yards, and that's three hundred or four hundred. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, um, but CD would definitely change that narrative uh, in the fourth quarter. So as we go, as we end the third quarter, uh, Tyler Biotis gets a false start penalty that takes us from first and ten at the Dallas forty-one uh, to first and fifteen at the Dallas thirty-six. Uh, now, as we start the fourth quarter, uh, Dak continues kind of his march. He hits CD immediately for a thirty-three-yard gain uh, to bring us to the New England twenty-seven. Uh, Unfortunately, then there's two back-to-back or three back-to-back incomplete passes. Um, and there is an illegal motion penalty on third down, which they declined, bringing up fourth. So Zerline goes out there, boots a 45-yard field goal, uh, and Dallas is up 20-14. to 14. So at this point, uh, we're in the fourth quarter. It seems like everything's going to be okay. We, you know, we're going to probably hung around with us longer than we wanted to, but we're, I'm assuming – that we're going to like score some points in the fourth quarter and pull away. Unfortunately, from the jump, this drive is a disaster. So first and 10 from the 25, we get a too many men on the field penalty, which gives them five free yards. Then Jones and a whole shitload of these New England running backs you've never heard of just pretty much go to work and start just a few yards at a time killing us. Uh, and honestly, Damian Harris – did really well on this drive. They pretty much just ran down our throat most told, of this drive. I told Zach I was really – we've really not seen a team try and do this to Dallas yet. And that their big weakness last year was they could not stop the run. We all remember that Browns game. That was just one yep. of many. But we really haven't seen the team just try and pound us on the ground. And I kind of thought the Giants were going to do it and then Barkley got hurt. Um but anyway, the Eagles should have done it if they're coaching. The Eagles should have done it. They had like three rushes all game. That was fucking wild. And then at this point, they pretty much, Andy, they just start running at us. Yeah, that's definitely their plan. I mean, we have a very athletic defense. That's definitely like our our schemes. They're very fast, and but they're not the biggest, strongest dudes in the NFL. The Patriots are very much built like for size and strength rather than speed and athleticism. And so they decided they were going to use that. Um, Very similar to the dynamic we saw with Cowboys versus Patriots or Cowboys versus Panthers, where the Panthers had this like super fast undersized defense that flies around and does crazy stuff. And the Cowboys were like, okay, that's cool. But like, we're, we're much bigger and stronger than you are. We're just going to pound it down your throat. And obviously we killed the Panthers. So the Patriots seem to realize that at this moment Um, and they score. So it is, uh 20 to 21 with six and a half minutes to go in the fourth when the cowboys take over possession so they get the ball in their own 27 
uh, and the first touch is Zeke going 21 yards. And so I'm like, okay, we're, we're going to be good. We're good here. Um, then Zeke goes for eight yards a couple of plays later, third and second, third and two. Uh, Dak hits Wilson, uh, first and 10 on the New England 41. Pollard goes for eight. Then Pollard goes for four. But instead of a first down or instead of bringing up a second and a second and two at the New England 33, Connor Williams gets his mm. first holding call of the fourth quarter, his Killer. second of the game. And Killer. suddenly you are second and 12 at the New England 43. Uh, so Dak, go ahead, Zach. This was the first moment that I thought, oh, shit. They might like, lose. Has yeah. fate just decided we're going to lose this game, no matter how much yeah. better we are? Dak, Dak does a. There's just a, nothing a, we can do to overcome this. And it was brief. I, I, but Dak does a Superman, play, I and I, I, I really want, I really want to know your guys' opinion, Dak. I think we we touched on it, but Dak does a super scramble, gets ten yards on a third and twelve, brings up fourth and two from the thirty-three. It's a fifty-one yard field goal attempt. What were y'all thinking? You absolutely go for this. Go for you it. You absolutely go for this. Yes, I agree. Okay, ju- just on this drive, okay, your running attempt, your rushing attempts on this drive have gone for 21 yards, 8 yards, 8 yards, 4 yards. <laughs> Every single one has gone for at least twice as much room as you need here. Like, if you want to do something more creative than just run the ball, fine. But 2 yards should be gettable for this team. And obviously, if you're going to miss a field goal here, it's the same thing as not getting it. So, yeah. What would you this guys have thought? Infuriating. Dude, so it's a 51-yard field goal attempt, right? There's 242 remaining. There's 242 remaining. A 50-yard on field goal attempt puts you up uh, what 23-21 with 230 remaining, which probably isn't that good of odds of winning a game anywho. No. And – the, the odds of you hitting a 51-yarder, especially in Foxborough, which is notoriously hard to kick at, are what? like it, And with Greg the Leg, I would put, what, 45% chance he hit that? 40%? Yeah. yeah. I mean, for how aggressive McCarthy's been, and I do give him credit because I, I think he's made the majority this was of calls. Crazy this was crazy conservative. Awful. This was crazy conservative. Awful. Zach, what were, you, what were you trying to say? How would you guys have felt if it was a 41-yarder, though? If that was the attempt, I don't. Th- I, I don't I still, think so because I still, you, you, I still the, think, the, the yeah, analytics say the... you could you can run this game out. Like you get this first down here, and the odds immediately shift because you can probably take a minute twenty off if nothing else. Their timeouts, so at nothing else, you you give yourself a forty something yarder and give them less time, right? So the odds are in your favor that if you get this and if you don't get it, I mean, what there's two thirty left and you have all timeouts, like you can get them off the field. Like you don't lose automatically still. So I just, I think the, the, the risk way out or the reward way, way outweighs the, the risk. Now, now don't worry. Belichick would one up McCarthy in this fashion later in this game, but yes, he absolutely, absolutely should have gone for this. We do trot Greg the leg out there. he, Shanks this shit left. Did anyone think he was going to make it? Because I instantly no. was like, we're fucked. Yeah, I did not think there was Dude, the whole chance. bar was like, what? Oh, no, man. And yeah. even if he makes this, you probably don't win this game. I mean, you don't. I mean, they Agreed. literally marched down the fucking field right after. Honestly, that. I'll go into this as the plays roll oh, out. Oh, no, they didn't. If this, Sorry, didn't play out, if this didn't play out My exactly fault. as it did, I think we lose the game. 
like even the bad things that happened later in this game, like the the long touchdown, I think if we had if they hadn't scored in that fashion, I think we'd probably lose the game. You know what I mean? Like if they had taken longer to score. If they take it yeah, so to Andy's point, we missed this. Everyone's pissed. They run one play. We burn a timeout. They throw on second and ten. Uh, I didn't see who was in the receiver. He kind of bobbles it, kind of falls over, and they throw it to that man, Trayvon Diggs, in the vicinity. Oh, so let me tell you, let me tell you, on second and ten, you know who that was? Yield Nelson Snags Galore. Oh, who, I forgot they got to delay also, a game on that, by the way, which is a poor he, Bill Belichick. Dude, move. Nelson Aguilar had a couple plays in this game that were literally like, if I was a Patriots fan, I'd want him executed in the street. There was one where he ran a slant and just fully dropped the ball when he had like 30 yards of open field in front of him. What about the one oh. that hit his face mask in overtime? Yeah, was he pulled a full Jamal Adams. Yes, that was him. So, yeah. So, on second and 15 for the New England 36. They Who would they throw at, Goat? Who would they throw at, man? They they made the mistake. They threw at that man. They they tried to go at Trayvon Diggs and New England's receiver kind of like it's too high up into his shoulder and he bobbles it up. Trayvon snaps that shit. House call, baby. House call. He shushes the crowd. Everyone's hey, going ape hey, shit. We gotta stand right here. The man Zach Love called that. The man Zach Love on last week's call, on last week's pause that he extends the streak. He's gonna get a pick a pick six. He said I, it. I was doubting that. Honestly, I mean, at this point, still on the oh my god, are we actually gonna lose, dude? When he caught I that too, about this I, until the end of the pod. I really thought there was a flag on the play, so but I was celebrating the whole. Andy, I wish you would have been there too, just to see like this whole place goes electric, dude. That would have been like, so awesome. Everybody high fiving, everybody like hugging each other, and it was funny because there was like two Patriot fans at the bar. One of them, by the way, had a a shirt that just had like a hundred faces of Bill Belichick on it, which was quite funny to be honest, but that's pretty, pretty hilarious. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's recorded. It's pretty awesome. So this was, I mean, dude, not only does he pick it, he just blows by everybody, man. I kind of forget that he's faster than I think he is. Dude, he's got that Dion field speed, dude. He's like, he ran like a four or five at the combine, but everyone says like in the game, dude, his game speed is so fast. And Dude, he showed it right here. He blew past everybody. He house calls this shit. Cowboys, uh, then. I thought we I won this. I thought we yeah. won it. So we, we decided to go for two here um, to make it a full touchdown extra point uh, gap. We run like that uh, play that has worked before, the little like sweep with Zeke and Pollard running together on the outside, I guess to be open for a pitch. It does not work. Uh, Pollard keeps it alive for a couple seconds, like trying to find some space. He just can't. He gets tackled. So the two-point conversion fails, and it's now 26-21 with uh, two minutes and 21 seconds to go. So Dallas is like, they're feeling it. Everyone is feeling like, oh, my God, we just won this game on a pick six. Diggs is the man. To Mac Jones's credit, uh, first play from scrimmage on the next drive, uh, Diggs is in man coverage. He throws at Diggs again. Now, again, this is a play where Diggs did what he's supposed to do if he's not blanketing this guy, which is force the receiver to the inside and safety help will come down from the top. And Casey he, either, it was, whether it, he's playing the ball or doesn't want to get hit or whatever, 
He takes the worst angle in the history of angles that basically keeps Trayvon from being able to catch up and makes he basically sets a pick for this guy and allows yeah. Board to house this shit 75 yards. They go for a two-point conversion, and they get it. So it is now 29-26. born. I, I yeah. Props to Mac Jones for just yeah, throwing right back at Diggs. I mean, it's that's, respectable. That's what, that's what we love about Dak, dude, is that he's unflappable, that he has a short memory, that when he makes mistakes, he goes right back out there and guns it. Like, that is hey, what Mac Jones did, and I got to give him credit. I give admirable. a lot of credit. And I'll say this. Uh, I, I absolutely I mean, Diggs, the pick six, love it. I think on this play, I'm not going to absolve him of all fault. It was man coverage, so he for he sure did. He got a little loose there. He tried to bait that a little bit. Um, that happens. I I still think, uh, I, you know, Andy said he was he was scrolling through the uh, oh my god Twitterverse, and a lot of people were like, people, yeah, Diggs dude. gives up way too many big plays. I really don't feel like that. That's all that true. I think he is a gambler. He oh, he gambled a little beyond. here. It happens. But it's overall, I mean, incorrect. He crushes it. People like I have seen so many like meme accounts, like sports journalists being like just repeating these things for like, I guess, like someone somewhere put that Trayvon Diggs gets up a lot of yards that morphed into Trayvon Diggs leads the league in yards allowed. And then yesterday I saw it in its newest form, which is Trayvon Diggs is on pace to give up the most yards in NFL history. And I had someone I know personally so in our true. group chat be like, dude, it's yeah, that that those two plays, that's like Trayvon Diggs in a nutshell, dude. Like he gets burned like every play, but gets one thing. Like, no, game. he I'm doesn't. Like, he really doesn't, dude. Like that's just not really true. And like, well, he, he's leading the league in yards allowed. I'm like, bro, watch no, our games, not. dude. Anthony Brown exists. It's impossible that Diggs could be setting any record because there's another guy on the field who's and look, a thousand times worse. I'm not even gonna say he doesn't give up yards I don't, I don't think it's i don't think he's like a, a revis island type lockdown no. guy but he's about the most opportune i mean dude he has more interceptions than 30 teams right now so yeah, yeah maybe he gives up some completions but you still don't want to be throwing at that guy oh. and he does not close to giving up the most yards in the league dude, even if you I, want to I, pin this one on him which by the way Diggs took full credit for it afterwards and then casey came out on social media afterward and said nah little bro that's on me and so I just well, love that they yes. both had each other's backs, by the way. I love that Diggs did not shy away from just eating it. I thought that was incredibly admirable. And two, dude, if if you want to put all the yards on this play on Diggs, fine. That would make, if if you do that, that one play is more yards than Diggs has given up in a single game all season. So yeah. the idea that he's just like getting roasted for hundreds of yards a game is hilarious. Before like, this game, he was giving it for about every 30 30- That was nope. his record before this game. Zach, you cut out for just like sorry, yeah. five seconds. Oh, yeah, you sorry. said before this game, and then you went Before silent. this Go game, ahead. his thing was that for every 30 yards, he he got an interception. That's See, that's nuts. I love dude. that. Like, like, yeah, that's every, a perfect any, trade-off. Any, that's easy. Any team, any team would make that bargain in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And I saw so. the thing going around saying that he's on track to give up the most yards ever. It's also yeah. just straight-up made-up. Like someone yeah, went is. through it's the stats. It's like up. someone just made that up. That's not even close. Well, well, and then I so I started tracking that down, and I found in a Reddit thread someone said he's leading. It, it all traces back to that he's leading the league in yards allowed. And so I tried to find where that started, and I found a post uh, like two weeks ago 
where it said he's leading the league in yards allowed. And they posted a screenshot from PFF or no, from pro football statistics. And the screenshot was sorted by yards and it had digs at the top. And I went and looked at that page, dude, it's the it's re- interception return yards. Yes. He's leading the league in yards because he has picked off like seven balls and has returned them for yards. Like, of course, and two of them are pick sixes. Like, yeah, he, had more, he, has, he has as many touchdowns as his brother, who was a first-team All-Pro wide receiver last year. So. Yeah, twice <laughs> as many, right? Uh, he Bro. got one last night, oh. but yeah. J- okay. Jalen Rager is a fir- is a first-round pick wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he has of the same draft. In the same draft, and Diggs has two touchdowns and like 240 interceptions or 240 interception return yards and seven picks. Jalen Rager has like 14 catches for like 140 yards and a touchdown. Like he is obscene, obscene how good he is. So yeah, I was very upset by that. It made me, it's so fucking just, it it irks me so bad that he's not getting the respect that he deserves. But a lot of it's just cowboy hate, to be honest with you. Like people see stats to make a Cowboys player look shitty. They're going to, they're going to take him. So, well, and to say, I mean, that's, minority ass opinion you know of ballers of the league like richard sherman's tweeting at him darius slay who plays with the eagles is tweeting at him uh marlon humphrey came out and i know they both went to bama but he he's another great corner for the baltimore ravens he tweeted at Diggs. james harden tweeted that man trayvon Diggs yeah. is something yeah. like he's getting a ton of love man yeah so, and deservedly so and even like the fact so. that like tony romo and des bryant are like giving him and cd love like the team is special. We all know that. I Rich Eisen, who's like uh, the guy who runs the NFL, or I say runs the, the main like anchor of the NFL network, said, "Just give him the defensive player of the year award yeah. now." So I mean, even today, on, I was, wa- I was watching Get Up. I was watching Get Up, and one of the anchors was like, "What would Trayvon Diggs have to do to not win defensive player of the year? Just like sit out the rest of the year, he might still win it. Like <laughs> seven picks is enough in a lot of years to win defensive player of the year. So, yeah." Um, I mean, so that's ridiculous, but some people are saying MVP in general, which I, mean, I that'd be agree nice. with. I, I would love it. I, I'm hoping Dak gets there. Dog, but you would have agree. to. There is not a chance in hell a defensive player ever wins the Heisman. 25 or interceptions the, the, in one year. <laughs> we've, had a, we've had a defensive player win the Heisman. Yeah, that's true. But it's you'd have to do something. And he is, to be fair. I mean, if he keeps up this pace, if he gets a pick a game, let's say he, get, let's say he just – for fun, for fun, he gets one interception the rest of the year in every game. So he ends There's up with no way. 18? 18. I think they'd have to give it to him, man. That'd be insane, dude. That'd I mean, that's – dude, the NFL leader in interceptions every year is probably off the top of my head somewhere around like eight, nine. You know, when, dude, Xavier Howard got 10, and people thought that he was like maybe the greatest ball hawk since Ed Reed. Including like, me and Andy who literally yeah, drooled oh, over Xavier Howard. I would have like <laughs> – given my left arm to have him on our team so yeah most definitely um, but i mean when so, you yeah. play next to byron jones it's pretty easy to get interceptions you know? no, very true Everyone, no one wants to throw it shut down jones dude so that does make the score 29 26 uh so we get the ball back with two minutes and five seconds to play and dude this is honestly this is where great quarterbacks are are shown man this is like for all the Great quarterbacks are either broken or made in the last two minutes when they are playing from behind or in overtime. Dude, so and this is where Andy couldn't watch the game and Zach yeah, had gone silent. I am, I I am freaking out during this I feel drive. like I abandoned you entirely. 
<laughs> I, I'm I'm alone. I'm alone in the world, surrounded by like 400 people. But I'm alone <laughs> out here on my phone, glued to it. The chat is silent. I don't I don't know what's going on. Um, I at one point was like, Dak looks off. We're fucked. Oh my, it's great. Like I'm literally just talking to myself. If you go read, dude, I've done that. Chat. I've definitely done. I've definitely done that in the <laughs> chat before. So, but yeah. So we we do just like basically let Dak go to work. Um, they first and ten. It's an incomplete pass to Lamb. Second and 10 from the Dallas 29. It's a little short dump off to Zeke. We hit the two-minute warning. Third and eight, uh, Dak hits Cooper for four yards, and we have this crucial fourth and four at the Dallas 35. Mm. Uh, Dak, to his credit, they go for it. He throws a dime right over the outstretched hand of a cornerback. Cedric Wilson goes up and high points the shit out of this ball. And basically saves the game. Like for all the mistakes that I've highlighted of Cedric Wilson today with his muffed pun and the drop touchdown, this pass absolutely saves the game. He gets 13 yards, uh, and we have a first and 10 at our 48. Dak then hits Schultz for 12. Uh, we get an incomplete to Wilson. So now it's second and 10 on the New England 40 with 37 seconds to go. Uh, they, for some reason, on this play, dude. So let me tell you how shitty this play is. First of all, I don't know what the play design was from a personnel standpoint or a scheme standpoint, but this play ended with Dak throwing a deep post into double coverage with to Malik Turner. Now, I'll forgive any listener if they don't know who the fuck Malik Turner is because I don't really know who the fuck Malik Turner did, is. Did, did Amari leave the game or did Cedric? I really Someone- don't. I re- I really don't I, know why this. Occurred. I was watching. I was watching, and one of the receivers limped off. It wasn't CD, but either Amari or Cedric left, so they had to put on what would have been their fourth wide receiver, which I guess is I would have thought well, Noah Brown, but well, I no, guess it's got to it be Mo- your fifth wide. It's got to be your fifth wide receiver because yeah, Noah Brown yeah. had been playing all game, so it's got to be your fifth I, option, which is Willie Turner. Yeah, I don't know why. I thought the same thing you did, Andy. I was like, why the fuck are we targeting Malik Turner for his first NFL target in this in his NFL career right now? So they, they do not get that. It goes way it's way overthrown. It goes out of bounds. And you think, okay, like damage is done. But there's a flag on the field. And it turns out there's two flags on the field. And so we're like, okay, maybe offsetting penalties. No, they're both on Connor Williams. One is for holding, and then the other is for unsportsmanlike conduct. Now, from what I heard, I still have not seen the unsportsmanlike conduct live. From what I understand, he, like, took a shot at this guy after he held him. Is that the case? I heard he was arguing with the ref. I heard, and I saw a lot of people, as much as we dig on Connor Williams, this was a bad holding call. Um, Or I'll say a tough call. And still, there's a lot of tough calls that get called. You can't get in a ref's face. From what I heard, yeah, like Zach, I, I think he bitched out a ref immediately after that and then got a 15 So I didn't see this, but I've never actually seen this happen. Maybe they've done it before. The NFL actually uploaded the full 30 minutes of this game. Yeah. Like they officially the- uploaded the whole thing, including the commercials, which kind of sucks because yeah. there's also the YouTube ads. But- <laughs> of course they I only yeah, they're watch double, this. They're getting double fucking ad revenue on those yeah. videos. So I only There's... actually watched this part today. When I got to this part, even knowing exactly what happens, like my throat still kind of tightened up for a second. Just watching Did you Connor see Williams it? draw Did you see us it at out all? a field goal. Did you see it at all, Zach? The, 
his hold? So today, I saw it. I see the I see the hold. I didn't see I it live. Not, yeah, I've seen the At hold point, on video was, uh, multiple times, but I've not seen the unsportsmanlike anywhere. Oh, I didn't see what he did. No, I just heard people saying he argued with the ref. I've heard the ref, and I've heard also what Andy said. I heard he took a shot at someone. I don't know which one's true, or maybe both are true. Maybe they threw the flag and then he argued at the ref. I don't know, but either it's way, Carter Williams. You, I'm gonna assume you he can't have it. Pants down or something. Now this is where it got. It's awful. Probably loses us this game. Nearly does. I, Any I, other year it would have. So he gets the 15. Now they explained it on TV that you can't accept both penalties. Apparently that wasn't true. If Belichick wanted, he could have taken the hold, which would have made it second and 20, and then the unsportsmanlike on top of it, which would have made it second and 35. So he declined the hold, but accepted the unsportsmanlike, and so it was third and 25. Um, which I think makes more sense than second and 35. But um, anywho, biggest play of the game, I, I thought it was second and 25 because they explained it so poorly so that when I saw Dak make this throw, I was like, oh, Ty, it's third and one. Um, but it was actually fourth and one. It scared the shit out of me. It was a great throw to CeeDee Lamb. I mean, Dak stands in the pocket, delivers an absolute dime to CeeDee, streaking right around the sticks. Um, beautiful play between the two of them. And I mean, uh, probably I mean, play of the game, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's an uh, unreal. It's it's there's a whole uh, bunch Jake's of candidates. Pick. For that. Yeah, I know there's so many candidates. Um, yeah. it, it's it's a it's a crazy good route from Dak or from CD. It's a crazy good concept from Kellen, and it's a dime of a throw from Dak. I mean, unreal, unreal throw, unreal catch in such a crucial moment of this game. Um, I'm going to, I mean, this is a more of an overall discussion than just a, this moment discussion, but I think we witnessed CD lamb become the guy in Dallas during this game. I really do mm. because interesting. I know that, I know that Cooper's hurt. And so it's not really a fair fight, but like in this like crucial, like point of, of contact, like, CD Lamb was the dude. Okay, so I've, I, while we've been doing this, I just pulled up the play. Connor Williams for sure held this guy. He grabs him by the horse <laughs> collar, and while he's running, toward, he gets by Connor. And while he's running towards Dak, Connor reaches behind him and grabs him by the horse collar and pulls him backwards. Like you're going to get called on that 100 percent of the time. So Connor's a fucking idiot. So we clear that up. Clear that up. C C Williams was in the was in the was not in the clear. So for all yeah. the Connor nearly fucks this game up personally twice on this one play this is his third hold of the quarter his fourth of the game his fifth and fourth and fifth penalty but Dak does save the day with this insane 24 yard pass uh to cd lamb which sets they take their time out 24 seconds to go and with 20 seconds on the clock they kick a 49 yard field goal to tie it up and that sends this game this one i felt good about overtime. weirdly i hated the 51 yard call uh, mainly because they had time. This one I actually felt good about. I thought Greg would hit this one. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad he proved me right. Greg seems to be. Greg seems to be really good in like the crunchiest of crunch time. It's in any other period where I get nervous, but like he stroked that 56 yard game winner against the Chargers, and he did it here too. Yeah. You know, honestly, now thinking back on the fact that he missed that field goal should have told us it was not going to be the game defining moment. Yeah, probably. He seems right? to make those. Yeah, most definitely. And I so was a uh, patriot. Oh, so I was at home like... changing at this moment. I had to literally check just what Google was saying about the game on my phone. 
And um, I agree with Ben. I saw that we went into overtime. Well, I guess I'm like 20 seconds ahead, but saw we went to overtime. And at that moment, I was just like, oh, yeah, no. We're going to win. <laughs> I won't I won't lie. Me and Andy, uh, for our Bets Will Be Bets podcast, had a great week, by the way. Um, the line was minus four and a half because we bought a point. And so I really, really, really wanted a touchdown. And when they got the ball first, of course, I'm, I'm wanting the Cowboys win more than anything. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good fan. I'm a loyal fan. That said, I definitely, I was definitely rooting for the TD. I was definitely thinking, how can the boys still cover? Um, the, uh, the, 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 the Patriots get the ball first, which instantly scares me. They, yeah, they win the coin toss and they get the ball first. And that in that moment, when I was watching the replay, even even though I knew the result, I was like, "Fuck!" They get a first down on second and ten, move to the thirty-nine. Second and five, they run a good stop here by Watkins. Goes to third and three, and the incomplete Aguilar. They send a uh, Sturm actually lit this up. They send a zero blitz. Did you see this? Dan yes. Quinn called a all-out blitz. A zero blitz is basically you send everybody who's not guarding anyone one-on-one. So it's one-on-one coverage everywhere across the field. They blitz all the linebackers. They do not get to Mac Jones. He actually puts a good ball to Aguilar, who does not. Patriots fans wanted a flag here. I thought it would have been a weak-ass call. It was very I mean, minor. Okay, here's what I'll say. He touches his face mask. But again, dude, you <laughs> fucked us so many times at this point that I have no sympathy. You got to save dude, that shit. That would have been a it would have been a weak call on third and three because it didn't obstruct him that much. I mean, the ball still hit him where it needed to hit him. You know what yeah, I mean? Agreed. Like it's not like it now, affected the play. Here's where the Patriots lost this game, in my opinion. Yeah. It's fourth and three on the New England 46. You have in the last two quarters, you've suddenly been able to run pretty effectively against Dallas. You've moved the ball relatively well. You even threw a 75 yard touchdown pass. The fact that Bill Belichick basically Went up to Mac Jones and said, I do not trust you for shit. And had them punt from their own 46 is crazy to me. This is on par with McCarthy kick it, attempting to kick that field goal. This was a gutless. suicidal decision. Gutless. Absolutely gutless. You know, once again, to your Belichick, you know, aggressive meter. Um, uh, I saw uh, Mita Kimes on ESPN. She was criticizing this move, and Patriot fans were, of course, all up in her mentions, being like, "Yeah, girl, what do you know about how many football? rings does do you how many have? Rings, except for a wedding ring, ring? Yeah, how many rings do you have?" And and you know, she of course backed it up with stats, and she goes, "Look, I'll just put it this way: Cowboys fans, were you happy to see them punt, or did you want them to go for it?" And I was like, "Oh God, of course, we all wanted them yeah. to punt. Like, I would have been yeah. terrified that they went for it. when I saw the punt unit come out. I was like, thank fuck, we're gonna win this game.' Yeah, because absolutely, they have not stopped us all game." Like, we've shot ourselves in the foot. They really haven't forced us to do anything. They haven't really got a whole lot of pressure. I mean, most of it's been penalty inflicted. And, uh, I mean, dude, this was an easy, easy drive for the boys. We don't even face a third down on this drive. Yeah, so we do get the ball at our own 20. Uh, and, dude, this was just a thing of beauty from Dak Prescott. Uh Zeke has a couple runs in here, but mostly it's just Dak and CD and Schultz doing their thing. Uh, first at, first and 10 on the 20, Zeke goes for two yards. Second and eight from the 22, Dak hits CD Lamb for 14. Uh, Dallas takes their first time out here. First and 10 from the Dallas 36, Dak hits Schultz for six yards. 
then Dak hits Cooper for nine. Then Tony Pollard hits a seven-yard run. So then it's second and three, and they do a little screen pass out to CeeDee Lamb, who, you know, weaves his way through uh, the first level and gets seven yards. And so now you got first and ten at the Patriots' 35. And the Cowboys had set this up so perfectly. They had run this exact same play a couple times. The Schultz completion earlier in the drive was the same play, but Dak went with a different receiver. And then the Pollard run was actually the same play, except they ran the run iteration. And so they had set the Patriots up. And so if you watch this actual snap, uh, Judon, all the linebackers crash in because they think on second and three, obviously, or, uh, uh, you know, on first and 10, they're going to run it again with Pollard because he'd been so effective uh, a minute ago on first and 10. And it leaves CD as a deep crosser, wide open. Dak rolls out to his right and Dak outside the pocket in this game was just absolutely elite. I think he completed nine of 10 passes uh, when he went, was outside the pocket. He rolls out and just delivers a perfect ball, 35 yards wide open. CD walk is basically walking into the end zone. He's kind of high stepping into the end zone. Uh, Jalen Mills, uh, eternal, you know, guy that gets burned by Dallas Cowboys, various receivers and all his stops in his career shove CD out of bounds and in iconic fashion, as we can now see in Zach's background, CD jumps up, gives him a big shit eating grin and mm-hmm. just waves goodbye to him as the game ends. Kind of invites yeah, the contact. Invites will, the contact late to Jalen yeah. Mills. It's Eagle, by the way. Um, I will, uh, I will so say that I really love awesome. when I was reading all the post game reaction, there was a ton of Patriots fans that were getting going full boomer mode and being like, so will the Cowboys start next game with a taunting penalty? I can't imagine that the league will allow this to stand. This is horrible for football. I hope CD Lamb is suspended for this. And I was just like, oh my God, dude. Like, the salt. get out of here, dude. Also, like, I'm sure these fans were uh, equally up in arms to Aaron Rodgers doing the belt celebration after they beat the Bears and screaming, I fucking own you at the fans a hundred times, Which, hey, right? was fucking awesome. Oh, I'm a hundred percent in favor of it. I'm just saying, like, you know they didn't give a shit about that. They were not hand-wringing when it came to that play. It's only because it was CD. So that is how this game ends. A walk-off touchdown. Uh, Cowboys win 35-29. Now, in the very immediate aftermath of this game, there's some some terror that grips the hearts of Cowboy fans because on that last throw, Dak tweaked his calf a little bit. He has a calf strain. And during the post-game press conference, Dak was in a walking boot on his right leg, which is the same leg where he broke the ankle. Um, when asked about it, he said, oh, it's I'm not worried about it. I could have kept playing if I needed to, which – who knows if that's true? Also, like that's in the middle of like you, you got adrenaline going. You probably a lot more sore the next day. The Cowboys did get an MRI on it uh, on Monday. They said they were quote encouraged and that they expected Dak to play against Minnesota. Um, I don't know if he would be playing if we had a game <sighs> next Sunday, but we do have a bye week, which is great. And Dak Shout out. hopefully will be back uh, against Minnesota on Sunday Night Football in two weeks along with Lael Collins and potentially Michael Gallup, who is coming back from his own calf injury. Oh, I was going to say, shout out to a friend of the pod, uh, uh, Tim Massey, who called me at dinner and and, and tried to uh, tell me Dak was about to miss a month. 
<laughs> with a cat. I think so. because I watched his uh, press conference afterwards, and he kind of fumbles his words, and he says, I'll yeah. be out for a week. I think he means to say a week, like for a week. Yeah. But he just says for a week, and it sounds like four weeks. And I think oh, that God. might have been what Tim Massey's thing was. Dude, yeah, we, it could have been. If that actually happened, dude, that would be just the fucking worst. We'll see, but I do Cavs, think he's going to be Cavs okay. Are, Cavs are kind of freaky. You know, I mean, Nick Chubbs just went on IR with dude, one. Michael, Kareem Michael Hunt Gallup, dude. Just went on IR with one and one for the Cowboys. Yeah, Michael Gallup just missed a month with one. Now, I'm dude, not I've, heard like from, weeks, I've heard dude. from a lot of uh, – yeah, I guess yeah, he's about to miss five or six. But, yeah, I heard – um. You know, a bunch of former athletes on 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 the televisual today uh, give their give their breakdown, and they they all basically say like there ain't no toughing through a calf. There's a lot of injuries out here you can kind of grit and grind over. A calf is uh, is not well, especially one of for them, a so. quarterback who needs to like plant that foot, set the platform, and fire. Um, yeah, so I, I, hope, I now on the I hope he's side, okay, like, and I do hope this bye week that they look at. If there's any anyone they can bring in to possibly not be Cooper Rush if needed, but uh, you know, we'll, I'll say this: I, I'm not okay. terribly worried about it. I do think they're being very cautious with him for very good reason. He's honestly in the MVP race right now. He is absolutely the beating heart of this team. Um, that said, if Dak has to miss a week, it's not the end of the universe. It really isn't. Like. In 2014, Tony had to miss a week. We lost the game. It didn't change the trajectory of that season in any meaningful way. Um, this team is fucking loaded. I do believe that they are very gritty and mentally strong. I don't think they're going to like fall off rhythm, missing Dak for one game, and then completely collapse. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I think he's going to be fine. I think they're just being very cautious. He's going to have access to what I would probably guess are the best medical staff in maybe the world. Um, certainly the best money can buy in the United States, and they will take very good care of Dak. He'll be as close to perfect as he possibly can in two weeks when we go to Minnesota. So I'm not that concerned about it. I think we're going to hear a lot about it, very similar to like Dak's shoulder in camp when everyone was like hand wringing about whether or not he was going to be able to play against the Bucks. That obviously turned out to be a bunch of smoke with no fire as he went out and threw like 50 something times against the Bucks and looked amazing. Um, I'm not that worried unless we, we hear further. I'm not worried for two reasons. One, it's just a general feeling I've had since the Panthers game. There's something special about this year. We're not going to get Great. fucked over by something like that. And two, I've also, I mean, he's much further along and is much better shape and everything. All those disclaimers. I've also had an injury to my uh, right ankle and my leg. And during the recovery and since then, I have had random, basically injuries, like to my Achilles tendon, to my calf, like random things where I'm doing something. And all of a sudden it hurts. And it hurts real bad. And I'm thinking I just really damaged something. And it lasts a day or two. Okay. Because it's just cool. like minor to your muscles because they are just not used to this strain. Maybe right. that cannot be applied to Dak Prescott because he's probably done so much more than I have. But both those combined, no, I think I good insight, to start right? against Minnesota. Yeah, and the fact that he had an MRI and they didn't see anything like exceptionally concerning. Um, to Ben's point, I think if they really thought Dak had a significant chance of missing time, I think we would see more moves being made. Um, but end of the day, I'm glad they have 
a bye week. I think it comes at a very, very good time for this team. Um, I I am very I, looking back at the beginning of the year. If you told me going into the bye week you're going to be five and one, I'd be overjoyed. I am overjoyed. I think this is a really special football team, um, and I think they're going to come back ready to kick ass, dude. I mean, their schedule upcoming is not very difficult, and there's yeah. not that many teams that fully scare me. So I'm pretty stoked. Who honestly God did not everyone come to this bye week three to two at best. Oh, dude! I mean, um, going in, going into this year, I was like, man, if we can go into that bye week three and three, like, yeah, I, I, I definitely didn't think we'd have a three-game lead. Washington, Philadelphia, New York all look more hapless than the other after every game. Like, there's just no signs of life from any of these three teams. And when you told uh, me that Chase Young got his first sack last week, I literally could not believe that. And I'm still yeah. having trouble processing that he's – I mean, now he's gotten a, a sack in back-to-back games, but, like, yeah. still, like, for a guy that – I mean, coming in, there was a lot of, like, Lawrence Taylor comparisons. <laughs> like, Dude, Washington has given up the most points in the division, which is quite shocking. They're getting just routed every game. They gave up – they gave KC a scare in the first half, and then they got absolutely smashed in the second half. Look, the, the, the points for – like differential for our three division foes. Washington's two and four. They have a minus 50 in point differential. Good Philly's Lord. Philly's two and four. They're probably the best. They have like a minus 14 right now. So they're okay. And New York has a minus, I think, 63. So, Dude, they're just getting blasted. I mean, these teams are all like Philly may end up a six win team, seven win team, but I just don't think there's anything to fear. I mean, even if Dak misses a week and he gets two weeks off, like, all right, like Minnesota's a tough game and and, and there's some tough games upcoming. It, it may screw up our chances at a one seed, but overall, guys, I mean, there's just like we're playoff bound. Like, I, I'm already ready to call it. Like, there's just no. There's no possible way any team in this division looks like doesn't end up, uh, I don't know, four games below 500. I mean, they're really bad. They are all all three really bad. So, yeah. And when it comes to like, we're, even we're like when in the, even in the discussion of like the one seed, et cetera, like we are only paying microscopic attention to one team, and that's the Cowboys. Like, you know, I'll tell you this right now if Kyler Murray has to miss three weeks, the, the Cardinals are going to have a tough time. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, it's anybody, anybody up there. And look, uh, they still have to play each other a little bit. You know, the the Cardinals are undefeated. You know, they're the they're the six and O team, the only undefeated team left. They play the Texans this week. They'll smash them. But then after that, it's a real fun one. You get Green Bay versus Arizona. So that'll be a fun primetime game. You're I mean, starting. The schedule to- has worked us worked so hard for us this year. So yeah, hard for and us. you're we're gonna get a, a crack at Arizona ourselves if it comes to that point. You know, I I don't think I just don't foresee Tampa. They they've been sloppy enough that I think I think they 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 trip up a couple more times. Um, the Rams playing the toughest division in football, quite likely. So same with the Cardinals. I mean, though that division I think will eat each other a little bit. So I don't know. I I still feel really good about. I feel really good where Dallas is. Of course, in the NFC East, as we start to look, broaden our our border, you know, our horizon a little bit. Uh, I I think we'll I think we'll contend. I think you know through the first month and a half of the season, there's really 
five really strong teams in the NFC, and, and Dallas is certainly one of them. So it's a good place to be. Absolutely. And I stand by what I said in the last pod. Super Bowl bound. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, Hell brother. yeah. Let's fucking do it. I'll say this, Ben. I told you this today on text. When I started my Madden Dynasty, first year of it, the 2021 season, it was Cowboys-Ravens. Cowboys ended up pulling one out against Lamar despite his heroics. Won a Super Bowl. Dak was Super Bowl MVP. I think that could very well happen. So, shout out to those programmers at EA making an accurate depiction of NFL football. Now they have digs yeah. at like 80 overall or something. Dude, it was so bad. I think he was he, a 72, uh, he was to a begin. 72 to begin the year. God. And then if you just, just left, fire like, that man. If, if you just like run the franchise, like I'm in like year five or six, and I've developed all of them like maxed out. Diggs like maxes out at like an 85, and Jordan Lewis is a 99. He's like the guy they have tabbed as like the Cowboys' best corner. He plays number one. It's very strange. So, oh, all right, boys. Well, we don't really have a preview for next week because we have a bye week. We'll probably have a week, an episode next week devoted to uh, talking a little bit about what happened around the league and uh, the Vikings game upcoming. But is there anything else we want to get to uh, here on this week's triumphant fifth consecutive victory mm. episode of Boys Will Be Boys? Um, No, just, uh, you know, I don't know if any other group of, of – players and and coaches that the Cowboys have had recently uh pull this one out you know this is this is a game that they lose going at four and two we feel like shit about but you know trick Can you imagine if we had okay. lost if we had if we had gotten the pick six and then they threw the touchdown and we lost the game that way and for two weeks we just had to stew on losing that game that way how detrimental that would have been to just like this team this fan Demeanor. base like everything dude i would hope that four and two they would still be all right especially against the afc loss that in the big picture wouldn't we oh, wouldn't I even agree. hopefully it think just, about like, but it would hurt would have been really these two weeks would have been so miserable yeah i just think this team is just a different swagger a different moxie than any team i've watched in my life as a fan i really do like they seem i know to we had a little bit of a discussion uh last week about uh you know which team's the best i mean man i know i'm just fully drinking the kool-aid here i told you this today in text like dak prescott especially now as i'm watching more and more all 22 and like film study breakdown of him i just really don't know if we've ever had a quarterback for an entire year play such a high tier level of football that complements our system so well like Dak is just I mean this I think Dak is probably going to be our I I think Dak is a really good shot of winning MVP and I think he's the first guy we can really say that about in many years even Romo's best years he had like these streaks of insane games and then some like more pedestrian games Dak has just shredded all fucking year and if he continues to do that I think he has a really good shot of winning MVP and man if this team goes deep into the playoffs we were really going to have to talk about this being the best Dallas Cowboys team of the 21st century. Well, that's where it all goes to, you know, uh, when we were talking earlier this week, you know, I kind of reevaluated. I, I think they are on that 2014 level as far as the feet. Um, but all, it all depends what they do in the playoffs. We've seen good Cowboy teams 
you know, it rode away in January. So I'm hopeful this this time is different. Um, with this group of, of coaches and this veteran group of, of Dak Zeke that we, we haven't seen. So time will tell, but uh, I got nothing else, boys. What Y'all got anything before we head out? Nothing that's been said, no. All right. Well, as always, folks, thank you guys oh. so much for listening. Well, what's up, Zach? Go start love. Oh, oh damn, geez. dude. Thank God. I thought we were leading into that. I thought you just spent No, I was about to get Oh, that. my God. Right. Okay. We, All right. Wow. Star as, Love as, Goat. There we go. The Star Love Goat of the game. Well, let's start with the star. Um, yeah, to set the scene for everyone, we each give our player of the game. We've only had one all-around Star Love Goat. This was the toughest week for me. This one was really um, I'll give out my honorable mentions, and, and this one may be shocking to the fans. My first honorable mention is that boy Randy. Randy Hell Gregory yeah. uh, crushed it. Two sacks. The first sack he had was absolutely monstrous. Um, hell of a game. He was awesome. My second runner-up, um, kind of a semi-tie, but I actually I'm ultimately went with, with, with Dak here. Um, great game. The most yards. We didn't talk about this stat. Most passing yards um, ever against a Belichick defense in Belichick's tenure. That's pretty fucking wild that that's Dak Prescott. A little bit of trivia for you people out there. Um he was amazing, especially when we needed him most. I easily could give it to him. But I made a promise to the fans. I said, if that boy, Trayvon Diggs, gets another interception, I don't care what happens anywhere else. He will be the walk star star of the game. And not only did he get an interception, he got one in the fourth quarter. What could have been the game sealer, if not for uh, immediately the next play. But a huge Pick six, nonetheless. Return it to the house. Continue the streak. Um, I got, I got, I got no words left to say about this kid. Um, he's amazing, and, and for the third Stupid time good. in four weeks, he's 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 the star of the game. I I, I made a promise to the fans, guys, I, to the pod listeners. You're a man of your word. You're a man, I'm a man of, your of my word. word, and I'm gonna go ahead and say it again. And week seven, if he picks off Kirk Cousins, I don't care what happens. He will continue to be the walk star star of the game. Deservedly so. All right. Love. Who did you love this game? You know, I'm also going to start with my honorable mentions. My first honorable mention is just probably going to be a constant if he's not the MVP, but it's Dak Prescott for all the reasons everyone said and anyone who watched this game would understand. Another one, obviously, CeeDee Lamb. Again, as everyone saw this game. game. And just for that wave at the end. I don't want to spend too much time on the honorable mentions, though. My love of the game is Trayvon Diggs. Hell yeah. Because even with that counter where Mac Jones just scored again immediately, irrelevant. Because when he got that pick six, there's two minutes and 36 seconds left in the game. They had the ball. Bill Belichick was probably going to just run that clock down. We probably would have gotten a stop. We would have gotten the ball back. But we would have had to use all of our timeouts. There would probably been 30 seconds or so left in the game. And at that point, we probably lose. By taking that pick six, even though they immediately scored again, that gave Dak the ball with two minutes and 11 seconds left with two timeouts. That pick six won us the game. Everything that happened in those crazy final minutes only occurred because of Trayvon Diggs. Like What he did was the equivalent of you're falling off of a cliff, and he dives halfway off himself to grab you by your wrist and hold you up. I don't give a shit about any other plays that he missed. He gets credit for that alone. He is my love of the game. Woo! 
I love it. I love it. Heat. It's heat. I love it. Oh, you gentlemen make an, an excellent case, and it goes without saying that Trayvon Diggs is at least in the top two. Will we have uh, a sweep? Am, Will we have we, a sweep? I'm also going to give one of my honorable mentions to Randy Gregory. Of course. Because you know I'm a big team Randy gang. It's Randy gang all day till I D.I.E. over here. Randy Gregory with another multi-sack game, drawing penalties, an absolute force on the defensive line, just disrupting plays. I mean, he really was your pass rush this game. You didn't really see Osa. You didn't really see Micah. Pretty much all the pressure was generated exclusively by Randy Gregory. So Randy Gregory's definitely getting at least honorable mention status. But, man, I have to give my goat of the game to Dak Prescott. It's fair. Now, I hate to break up the sweep because Zach's 100% correct. Trayvon Diggs saved this game from the brink of just total catastrophe. But, man, I found myself this week as I – the couple days since the game as I've rewatched Dak Prescott, and I've said this over and over again, Dak Prescott is just like the soul of this team. And when I see just the, the clips from the sideline, et cetera, no matter what is happening outside the storm – Dak Prescott keeps this team so focused on the task at hand and focused on that next drive that all that matters is they go out there and win that drive and score. That I really think that as long as you have a leader as capable, as charismatic, and as skilled as he is, it is very, very difficult to beat this team. And when you add some guys like Diggs, some guys like CD, to, some guys like Zeke to the mix, they become an unstoppable juggernaut. So this week, having set records against Bill Belichick, having his ninth 400 yard passing game, which puts him in like sixth or seventh all time. If Dak Prescott throws like four or five more of these things, it's going to be like him, Manning, and Breeze for most 400 yard passing days in NFL history. Dak Prescott is the goat goat of the game with all immense due respect to the man Trayvon Diggs, who is otherworldly in his ability to change a game. That's very fair. Very well said. Um, it is, it is, it's not the clean sweep, but there, there's your star love. Goats. There's no argument. If someone's going to pick Dak, you can't argue oh, yeah. against that. I mean, it can't, you cannot, you cannot do it. Um, he's, he's been great. He's fantastic. And, uh, you know, QBR can go fuck itself for saying he's a 55 this year. He's crushing it. Yeah. Whatever, bro. We'll see what the win column says at the end of the year. Right now, Dak's on pace for like 4,800 yards, 45 touchdowns and like 10 picks. So I will take the 55 QBR. I will. So, oh, all right, boys. Have we checked all our boxes and touched all our bases? We did. Fans, thanks for sticking with us on this one. I know it was a long one. We got uh, in the nitty-gritty. That one hey, this uh, had was one of the on most edge. exciting Cowboys games in 10 years, so you knew it had to be a banger. It had to be a real one. And we got a bye week next week. Uh, we'll probably be back next week to at least do yeah, a preview. It'll be a quick yeah, a little, pod. A little, short, a little short one just to preview the, the Vikings game. Um, basically just to talk about how Dalvin Cook will not defeat us and Kirk Cousins. Mostly just make jokes about the – 
immense strength of Kirk Cousins' relationship and marriage. You know, I do want to see. Oh God, do Kirk and Julie are? We could do a whole separate podcast. We could do a whole separate about how dude. how strong their marriage is. Like I dude, wish. Do you know that Kirk? You know that Kirk I wish the bonds band, of. Dude? I wish the bonds of the Cowboys team were as strong as the bonds of Kirk and Julie's marriage. You know, people have said that Zeke and Dak are the Kirk and Julie of our locker room. Mm, that's that's high praise. That's high that's praise. That's deep. That's deep. Some say, I mean, Kirk and Julie have a stronger, um, a stronger bond than than um, the fabric of of democracy in this country itself. <laughs> Based on the last couple of years, I have zero trouble believing that. Ayo, political commentary. So I'll set all right, you up. folks. Well, thank you as always for taking the time to listen to this. Uh, extended edition of Boys Will Be Boys. If you liked what you heard, feel free to leave us a a little like, a rating, a subscribe, a comment on the podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes or on SoundCloud. We appreciate you uh, wherever you are. Uh, If you'd like to ask a question, have a request, uh, tell us how fucking stupid we are for the takes that you've heard over the last hour and a half, two hours. Feel free to hit us up on any of our social media, including our Twitter uh, that Mr. Walker runs so skillfully, as well as our new badass pod email address, boyswillpod at gmail.com. Give us a shout. Uh, I can't guarantee we'll respond, but I'll probably read it at some point. So as always, folks, thank you guys so much. I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Peace. We love you, pigs.